buckle up. Welcome to Musicians and Beyond, where we bring in the backstage info on the life, the lyrics, and the long journeys of the music industry. Today, we have, on many levels, a very, very special guest. We are with Pat Badger from the legendary rock group Extreme, and we are going to explore his childhood memories, his inspirations, and his career highlights. And we are super excited for this one, so... Please share, follow us, and listen in for Pat Badger. Alrighty, we ready to do this? Let's go. Let's do it, brother. All right, so I am sitting here in Pat Badger's studio on his property at his house. Yeah. And we appreciate you opening these doors and letting us in. Hey, anytime. You know, usually people close the doors when they see us coming, but uh, you opened it. And this is super special to me, not only because your band is very well-known around the world, but you have been a friend for over 40 years. The other day was your birthday, and I posted it, and it really hit me hard. I'm like, holy shit, we've known each other for over 40 years. It's been a very long time, and it's, it's hard to believe. I mean, we've known each other since middle school, so yeah. uh, it's hard to believe we can even say that's 40 years ago. But. Yeah, that's that's crazy. That just yeah. tells, tells everyone our age, you know, and uh, it's crazy stuff. We've seen you as a friend before you were an established musician. Yeah. And uh, it's been great watching your journey, and I've been able to share a lot of the... Oh, yeah. I mean, we've uh, you've come out on the road. We've done, like, you know, weeks on the bus. Um, we've uh, been through thick and thin, brother. We have. The stories we could tell. Oh, we got a lot. We won't be telling them today. Yeah, some of them <laughs> are going to have to be uh, kept close to the heart. Yeah. You know? But um, you are a bass player, and you are a bass player for the band, obviously, of Extreme, mm-hmm. which is well-known around the world. But also, you started your own band, a tribute band, the Dark Desert Eagles. Yeah. yeah and tell uh, us about that. Well, a lot of people wonder, like, they're, why you're in an internationally touring band, and why would you ever do, like, a, a tribute band? Like, they look down on it or something, you know? So, for me, um, it's uh, a way to express myself that, I, you know, I play guitar and I sing lead vocals in Dark Desert Eagles, and, of course, it's... Uh, you know, it's an amazing catalog of music. The Eagles catalog is like second to none. They have the number one and the number three best-selling album of all times. And uh, so the, the songs are just amazing. I was always a big fan of the Eagles uh, growing up. So in, in a way, for me, it was kind of like going back to the egg. You know, like I played bass and, and everything in extreme. But um, for me to go back and just play the songs I grew up listening to, uh, it's a lot of fun, and just to get together with the guys in the basement and just hash out, like you know, play cover tunes. It's just, uh, it's it's a lot of fun, and uh, so you know, I got a big gig this Saturday night, which I'm looking forward to, Hampton Beach Casino, and then unfortunately the uh, Dark Desert Eagles are going to be on ice for a little while while Extreme's out on tour. But I guess that's a good problem to have. That is a great problem to have. Yeah, it's not even just a tribute show. You get into character. I mean, you put the fake mustache on. Well, I think you, that's you, what with a swag and yeah, and I think that's what separates tributes from cover bands. Like when you, uh, I always say, like when people wanted to see an Elvis impersonator, you don't want to see just some guy that looks like your accountant. You want to see the guy with the you know the jumpsuit on True. and the sideburns and and uh, so it's that suspension of disbelief. You know, we, we're like portraying the Eagles in the 70s like in their heyday so uh it's fun to uh you know i play the part of glenn fry basically in the in the show and we bring together a lot of uh besides the music there's some humor in the show and some uh some banter on stage so that's the that kind of makes it a fun uh like a, a more like an entertainment thing than just going in here and 
cover tunes. Yeah, going to see the Dark Desert Eagles, it's like going into a time machine and going. Yeah, back pretty in time. much. Yeah, it's uh, really yeah, cool. It's a so lot of fun. Look them up and find out. You know, he like Pat said, they're going to be playing soon, but he's going to be going out on the road. But when they come back from the road, he'll probably have a couple of Dark Desert Eagle shows out there. Oh yeah. So you definitely don't want to miss those. So check out the Dark Desert Eagles, and you won't be disappointed. Uh, before Extreme, you were in a bunch of other bands. Oh, yeah. Uh, started with maybe In the Pink? There was a band in high school called Damon, you probably Damon, remember that's that. that's right. But even before that, I had buddies. some high school, like in Texas. I lived in Texas for a little while. You remember I yeah. moved away? Yeah. Uh, that's how long ago, you know, John's known me since those days. But, you know, just playing in, like, little basements, you know, garage bands or whatever. Um, you know, really the first band, you know, we, we did some recordings within the Pink, and that was kind of a local band. They went on to, to do some really cool things after I left, but I left that band to join Extreme. And so um, that was the real, like, first real band I joined that, you know, we obviously had a record deal and went and toured and everything, so. Yeah, and um, was Robbie Hoffman in that band? Rob Hoffman was in the Pink, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. That's, so he manages, it, it, he manages a, uh, Extreme. Yeah, now, it's a so. full circle. Robbie is now the manager of you know, the extreme gig, and he does a fantastic job. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and he's a good dude. Of course, uh, he's probably one of the few people that, he doesn't know me as long as you, but it feels that way, like he's, uh, you know, a long, long-time brother of mine, so. Yeah, cool. And then you had, like, Super Transatlantic and Travis Judah. Yeah, so uh, after Extreme took its long hiatus in... Uh, I guess that was in the mid-90s. Gary and I formed a band, Tribe of Judah, which had kind of a, a industrial kind of edge to it. Um, I also played in a band called Super Transatlantic with Jason Beeler from uh, Saigon Kick. We had a record deal song on the American Pie movie soundtrack. Oh, cool. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, I've done a few side things Yeah. Uh, outside of Extreme. Yeah, you did a couple of solo albums, too, and you mentioned that you had someone from Saigon Kick. And you had a couple of solo albums, Time Will Tell and the Nasty Ass Honey Badgers. Yeah. Uh, and those were awesome. And you also collaborated with a lot of people on those. You had some outside uh, musicians. I did, uh, especially that second one. Well, the first one was a lot of my, you know, again, great friends that play guitar and, and sing and write. You know, I worked with Blue, a great producer and artist um, from California. But he, he used to live here in Massachusetts, and I've known him for, for a long time as well. Um, Joe Pescia, who was in my Dark Desert Eagles band, had played guitar on Time Will Tell. Um, Kevin Figueredo from Extreme played drums on it. And, um, yeah, we had a lot of fun making that record. And then the Nasty Ass Honey Badges record was uh, another kind of uh, a fun project. I had uh, Justin Hawkins from The Darkness. I'm a big uh, fan of his and of that band. So he played uh, guitar and sang on, on a couple tracks on that record and a uh, bunch of different musicians on that one as well. Yeah, it was fun. Cool. Yeah. Cool. And I was honored to have a little yeah, bit you, of a... You had a big part. Not a little part. You had a big yeah, part. Yeah, it was fun. It uh, was a fun. voiceover. So if you want to hear this, you know, voice in action, check out, uh, I believe it was the, the Nasty Ass Honey Badger... Uh, Reprise. Uh, reprise. Yeah, mm -hmm. the, uh, the the theme song. So John yeah. has a great uh, cool. so, spoken part. Yeah, so check out, go on all your favorite places to download your music and check out Badger's past solo albums and download and, and support all the music. That I believe you can find the Nasty Ass Honey Badgers on Bandcamp. I'm not sure if it's on iTunes and all that stuff, but I know time will tell Well, this. definitely go yeah. on Bandcamp and, and check it out. Was it Bandcamp? 
Do you know a girl that played the flute in band camp? (laughs) Ah, never mind. (laughs) Going back to American Pie. (laughs) Uh, So, like, people helped you out. You did the same for other people. You helped out Dweezil Zappa on one of his albums. You did some background vocals on one of his songs. Yeah. Quite a while ago. And you did something on Sammy Hagar's Alive album, too, right? Yeah, that was actually just kind of a... Well, first, the Dweezil thing. Nuno produced uh, Dweezil's record right around the time we were making Porn Graffiti. And so we got recruited to sing some background vocals on that. Um, Sammy had asked Gary and I to come up on stage at one of his shows uh, down at whatever it is called now. It used to be Great Woods uh, in Mansfield. Then it was the Tweeter Center. Now yeah, it's Xfinity or something. Yeah, it's changed names a few times. Um, so we uh, got up and just sang the Van Halen song, When It's Love, him and Michael Anthony. And... Uh, so he ends up putting it on a live record and then gave us background vocal credits, which is kind of funny, because I don't even know if you can hear us on the record or not. But That's all right. We were there. You were there. That's all that counts. Awesome. And let's get into Extreme. And before I get into this, I want to dedicate this whole podcast to a friend of ours in, in his memory, uh, Jim Meradian. Uh, Jim was a big part of how this whole Extreme thing happen for you uh indirectly and yeah directly. absolutely yeah. yeah so so jim meradian uh he was a guitar builder and um he had a custom guitar shop in winchester mass he he did repairs as well and and there was a time when i was living in texas that a friend of mine when i when i moved back he had told me that uh jim was you know he had this guitar shop in our hometown of winchester and uh, I had seen one of his famous basses, uh, uh, the bass player Yes, uh, Chris Squire. He played one, so I was kind of curious about the guitar, and I was blown away that it was actually made in our hometown in Winchester. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. So I, I used to just go in there and hang out after school, just you know, fascinated because I was like a kid in a candy store, you know, all the custom guitars. And uh, one day I got the nerve to uh, to ask them to give me a job. So I used to you know do some of the painting and some refinishing of guitars and all that kind of stuff uh and then one day nuno betancourt and gary sharon walked in and nuno was getting his guitars worked on and that's how i met those guys so uh just having that relationship to jim and that guitar shop was kind of what sent me on this trajectory of uh extreme and obviously what everything that's happened uh I feel very fortunate and blessed to have known Jim. He was yeah, like a, an uncle or like a second father to me, to be honest with you. Yeah. He, was, he was an amazing man. He really was. He really was. It's, it's funny how things happen for a reason. You know, just working in the guitar shop, those two guys walk in and look at you now. Yeah. Yeah. 30-something years later. In fact, while we're talking about it, here's uh, one of the more notable Meridians that I've owned that maybe people recognize. Oh, yeah. Uh, this one. I don't know if you can see the shape. But this is the actual bass I played uh, at Wembley at the Freddie Mercury Tribute Concert. And I toured with this thing and recorded a lot of songs off of Porn Graffiti, Three Sides. Uh, so this is kind of, this one's going to go to the grave with me, this Meridian. Yeah, a lot of memories of yeah. all those uh, scratches bell, and scars. Uh, scars on that thing. Yeah, they tell the story. <laughs> that's, uh, that's cool. So, you know, you mentioned... Wembley Stadium, it may be one of your highlights. You've had a couple of highlights. What have been the biggest highlights in your career as so, a, a rock star? I'd say as far as uh, live performances, the Wembley thing usually comes up in conversation or in interviews. Uh, it was, uh, you know, we had performed with um, the remaining members of Queen 
Um, there was it was a star-studded event for Freddie Mercury when he passed away. Uh, so we we ended up uh, meeting a lot of the legends uh, that we grew up listening to. I mean, it was like Roger Daltrey, Robert Plant, Elton John, uh, David Bowie. Uh, you know, the the list went on as far as all the performers that day, and we got to meet a lot of them. And then, of course, we performed. It was uh, like 80,000 people in attendance, and then it was televised to like a billion people. Uh, if you haven't seen it, you can go on YouTube and, and watch it. But we played a, a medley of Queen songs. And it was the first time uh, Queen had had a gig there at, at Wembley um, since he, he had passed away and had all this star-studded uh, uh, crew there. So for us, that was one of the biggest highlights of our live career, for sure. Uh, we look back on it and we still can't believe that all happened and but also can't believe how long ago that was now yeah, it was quite a while but it's interesting because you and other members of extreme were influenced by queen but when you guys got up on stage brian may came out and he really meant it you guys are personal friends of his oh yeah yeah and he he said i believe he said something like you know these guys are real friends and they know more about what Queen and what Freddie was about than any other band on the planet and we were all like wow I can't even believe he's saying this about mm. us and it, it's true like you know when we think about some of the biggest bands that have influenced us they're you know up in the top five so mm. uh, to be recognized by him and obviously had uh, a great response from the their fans you know they, they welcomed us with open arms and it was uh, definitely one of the most memorable weekends or experiences of uh of our lives you know collectively yeah, yeah absolutely and you mentioned there's four or five other bands that were major influences on you absolutely what were yeah. some of the other bands well probably for us i'd say if, if you asked everyone in the band van halen obviously would be a, a biggie uh led zeppelin um of course you know Beatles, song uh bands like the beatles and the stones and the who we all grew up listening to that stuff so a lot of that classic rock uh you know of course aerosmith our hometown heroes mm -hmm. um but yeah a lot of uh a lot of those bands are who influenced uh extreme aerosmith very interesting because as kids we were in your house on fletcher street with your mom and dad downstairs you had aerosmith posters in the wall and we were doing kid things and now you've actually played opened up for Aerosmith at the best ball field in the in the world at uh, Fenway Park last year. Yeah, so we um were fortunate enough to get asked to play at uh, Aerosmith's 50th anniversary concert at Fenway Park and for us obviously Fenway is an iconic place and kind of hallowed ground that we uh you know, we grew up there as kids like eating Fenway Franks and sitting in the grandstand. So mm -hmm. to be asked to to play a concert on that field, I'd say that one is probably, you know, next to the Wembley gig, that's probably second on the list of most memorable gigs. Uh, to have our family and friends and our kids and everybody there in attendance, yeah. it was uh, quite a special night. And the other uh, crazy thing about that gig was that it was supposed to happen in 2020. And um, obviously because of COVID, uh, it got postponed and then it was postponed the following year. And then I thought the gig was never going to end up happening, and so it was. Uh, it was amazing when it finally, you know, it finally happened. There was a lot of anticipation and waiting for that yeah. for that gig. Yeah. Yeah, I remember before it actually happened, like a couple of weeks. You, you said Johnny you said, "I'm not going to believe it till it actually happens." Like, oh yeah, until we were walking out on the stage because yeah. uh, even like right before it happened, they had announced that Steven Tyler was going into rehab, and I'm like, okay, that's it. If it doesn't happen this year, I don't think it'll ever happen. Yeah. So. Well, it happened. It was a great show. It was actually a very, I'm not an emotional guy, but 
it was very emotional for me that yeah. uh, you know that actual concert. I'm sitting in the crowd, you know, fairly close, and I'm on your side, and uh, you played wholehearted, and it just brought me back to being a kid, doing kid things at your hometown house as a as a child, and then you fulfilling your dream, playing at Fenway Park with Aerosmith, some of your heroes in front of your family friends, and, yeah, and, and it really. You know, hit me hard. I, yeah, I, well, again, you I'm going to say it publicly. I had a little tear in my eye. Oh, wow. Yeah, true story. Amazing. True story. Well, we had, a, again, we had a lot of friends and a lot of family, and it was, uh, it's great to, you know, because we played with Aerosmith and other stadiums and whatever around uh, the world, you know, and but never like a, a hometown like that where we had everyone in attendance, all our family and friends. So yeah. that was uh, what made it even that much more special other than obviously, you know, being there. Um, Right out in center field, you know, at Fenway. Yeah. So you can check out where Extreme's going to be and what they're going to do and buy some merch. You can go to extreme-band.com. And then you can follow Pat on Instagram. It's Pat lower slash Badger lower slash official. If it doesn't say official, it's not official. And if it doesn't have that little blue check mark, then it's not yeah, there's really been, me. Someone tried to steal your identity. Yeah, there's been a ago. few. There's been a few, but... I don't know. They they somehow I think they uh, they do that to artists. They'll use your identity and then they'll uh, p you know like send private messages to people and try to con them out of money or something. I don't know. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, that's not your style. No. So, you know, it's funny. You've been uh, you wouldn't be a friend of mine if you weren't a good guy. But it's funny. I took my mother to the doctor yesterday and she was asking all about you and uh, you know she said to me she goes you know what John and she's eighty eight years old now she goes. Patrick deserves all his success. He's always been a nice guy. And it's true. You haven't oh, changed through sweet throughout nice. all your success. I mean, I remember when you were going out to do your very first video, the Kid Ego video. I think we were at my house on Hollywood. And you were actually on the floor with my nephew playing Legos. Oh, wow. Uh, and I all think right. we have a picture of that somewhere, which nice. uh, now he's 30-something years old. But, right on. Uh, you know, and you haven't changed. You, we still hang out with the same dozen kids from high school true and, um you know we're on a text thread and we have fun and yeah i wish they were here to yeah. be able to put their even two today after in. we do this we're gonna go out and get some sushi and have a couple of beers so I, I like that <laughs> idea i like that idea a lot um so what are your most memorable times as a musician or i can say a rock star well again i, I think we've touched on a lot of them because uh you know i've, I've lived and dreamed a lot of uh you know, they're, they're real-life dreams that have happened, you know, mm -hmm. that we, we grew up, uh, you know, aspiring to do this and playing big places and obviously meeting all of our heroes or playing gigs where we're opening for them or they're sharing the stage with us. Um, it's just been a whirlwind. You know, I think back to uh, when I was a kid, I, I loved the band Kiss. And for Halloween, I would dress up as Paul Stanley. And so, you know, a few years ago, we got asked to do the Kiss Cruise so here we are on the side of the stage, and Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons, and these guys know us, you know, by first name. And and uh, sometimes you just pinch yourself and go, "This is just kind of hard to believe that we've, mm. you know." Uh, I remember being a little kid, like just you know, uh, you know, as a huge Kiss fan. The same thing happened with. Uh, I, I almost feel embarrassed sometimes telling the stories because I think these people must be thinking I'm either nuts or I'm making it up. But you know, as you're sitting here in my studio, there's there's a lot of photos on the wall here. Mm of us with the, a lot of the, our heroes. And, um, 
you know, there's there's a photo mm-hmm. here with uh, the members of Led Zeppelin, and they came to our show, and we had Jimmy Page and John Paul Jones in the dressing room uh, with us, and then they they sat and watched the whole show, which for us. There's no greater compliment than to have, like, you know, real heroes like that, you know, come to the show. And, and you know, it's, it was just kind of those are mind-blowing experiences. Yeah, they are. So. Yeah, they are. And on the flip side of it, there are younger musicians, up-and-coming musicians, that look at you the same way that you looked at those people, which is pretty interesting. And, yeah. You know, you see things posted that, you know, I went out to a show and I interacted with pat badger and those guys are awesome he gave me time he gave me an autograph he took pictures and and that stuff means so much to these younger generations coming up in the music industry well it is great now to see a new wave of uh of younger guitar players because for a while there in the you know in the 90s and the two early 2000s um you know and, and even now i feel like our style of hard rock has uh it's been on life support for a while where it wasn't a lot about your, you know, musicianship or chops. It was uh, more, you know, about attitude, which is great. But um, I think s- there's kind of been a new resurgence of uh, guitar hero rock and kids wanting to learn how to play, you know, lead guitar. And obviously Nuno's one of the best on the planet. So he, he gets a lot of attention that's well-deserved. And there's a lot of kids, uh, you know, aspiring to, to play rock guitar again, which is which is great to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Nuno definitely is one of the rock heroes or, or guitar heroes of the world right now. Oh, yeah. You yeah. And yeah. Um, getting and a lot of attention right now. He is. One of the reasons he's getting a lot of attention is you guys just released a new album. It's been a long time in the making, a real long time. Mm-hmm. And it came out, and it's entitled Extreme 6. And it's been teetering and going up and down. But for a little while there, it was number one downloaded in the world. The world's a goddamn big place. It is, and when you think about a lot of records that are out, you know, to, to have uh, suddenly come out of left field, because I don't think people were expecting, you know, our album to get that much recognition. Yep. Um, but, yeah, it's 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 really thrilling and, and exciting to, to be launching a tour in a week, less than a week, um, with, uh, you know, that, that kind of uh, buzz about the band. It's, it's uh, pretty exciting. Yeah, it's, like we say, you are a rock star again. Well, Some I think, people don't get one chance, you get two. Well, I, I don't think <laughs> Extreme never really officially went away. Uh, we've been kind of... True. You know, we've been around and still playing and touring, and, but um, it's great to have, you know, this recent new... Uh, feels like this, you know, you're surfing and the big wave's building up behind you right mm-hmm. now, and now we're ready to ride, ride this, the wave. Ride I the wave. It. Just ride the wave. For up-and-coming musicians, would you give them any advice of going for their dream? Well, I think the the main thing would be to stay true to yourself. You know, you can't try to uh, uh, chase things and try to chase trends and whatever because they're always changing, you know, and, and so you're always going to be behind, you know. You just got to do what you do and stay true to your own uh, influences and your own uh, path. You know, you got to definitely uh, create your own path and just stay on that one and not try to, uh, you know, try to chase something else. Yeah, yeah that's great advice. So you're listening to Musicians and Beyond with Lahorn and Sarabian. We are in studio, actually in his personal studio, on his personal property, Patrick Badger, from the Dark Desert Eagles and Extreme. And remember to follow him on Facebook and Instagram. Please follow us on Instagram and Facebook. 
check out all that's going on, all his solo albums from the past, and uh, support live music. Um, you know, Pat, this is incredible. You got so much going on at one time. Um, it was quiet for a while, and now everything seems to be happening at once. You got all kinds of interviews, you records taken off, album, uh, you got videos out, your phone's ringing off the hook, and you're getting ready for tour, you get a pack, you get to do this. Is that a lot of pressure, and you know how do you handle that? Because it, it seems to be everything at once. I'd say the uh, the biggest pressure is that feeling of like you know you, you're gonna just walk out of your own life and a lot of people your loved ones uh, for you know for a big stretch of time so um, it, it, there is a bit of a you know I guess the anticipation's there and it's all exciting but there is also sort of a, a, a daunting feeling that like I can't believe this is you know we're right. we're we're gonna be gone for a while and. Um, but you know, uh, it's it's all for good reason. You know, uh, a lot of I, I always tell people to put it in perspective. Like, you know, they're like, how how can you go away for two months or you know whatever? And I'm like, well, we're going to play rock and roll and we're doing what we love to do. There are people that sacrifice, you know, for their country, and they they may go off to, you know, be stationed somewhere, and they may never come home, and or you know they're not they may never see their kids again. So. To put in perspective, I mean, we're, we're just going out to play some rock music. Yeah, so hats off to all the military absolutely, personnel. Absolutely, yeah. It's, it's your job. You have to go out and do it. It's, um, you know, it's not as easy as people think. There's a lot to it. Uh, and you have to sacrifice a lot. But also, your family also has to sacrifice. I think it takes a, a special type of family and, and friends to be able to mold into this uh this lifestyle oh absolutely you know and and uh you know i have a a son who you know the last time we did like a tour really this big he was still little and so uh it was tough to leave and you know the kids you know some of the guys in the band have little kids now um so it is a lot it's it's a lot to to be away for for months at a time or whatever um but now you know my kid's growing up and in college so he he understands it, and I'd, I'd uh, you know, he, he's excited about it. So it's yeah. a little different now, um, you know. But life's all about uh, perspective and is, you know timing. So absolutely, yeah. It's funny that you mentioned your son. Uh, you said he understands it, but watching him at the Fenway show was super special. Like he has known what you do. Yeah. But when you were up there, I think it validated. He's like, holy crap, that's my Yeah, maybe my dad there. is cool after all, yeah. right? Yeah. Does he think he, he's um, cool? Or? I remember seeing the look on his face when, you know, I could see him from the stage. And, and for me, that was the highlight of my whole night, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, the look on his face, like he was in disbelief, like, wow, look at my dad's up there on the Jumbotron at, you know, Fenway Park. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. So, yeah, that was one of the most special things about about that that gig yeah, and that night was special it was a history making night i think it was the biggest attendance that Fenway yeah, Fenway Park ever has had ever had in their whole uh yeah life. except sadly someone already broke the record uh, well you can have to <laughs> I get the, back i guess the grateful dead with john mayer just had a bigger attendance okay well, how many people like i don't one know or two people i don't know oh, <laughs> but at least we had it since september that was a pretty big deal all right so you had nine months of success yeah all right i like it Nine months on top, but someone's always there to knock you down, right? <clears throat> True. True story. Uh, Pat, as a musician, you spend a lot of time, obviously, writing, practicing, recording, doing videos, this and that. What else do you do besides music? Do you have any other hobbies? 
Well, as you know, when we're we're here at, at my studio, there's uh, farm animals outside that I, I've always. Uh, a lot of people ask me about my alpacas, and you know, I have a donkey, and and like all that life. Just you know, I like coming home to a quiet life, and I have elbow room out here, ten acres where. You know, it's it's fun to just take care of the farm and just keeps you know it's nice and quiet and just yeah. kind of a peaceful uh, a peaceful place to be in be- in between all the nonsense and all the crazy. But as you know, I've uh, had a fishing boat. I like to go out and fish. Uh, really like to be outdoors. It's always been you know I, I get stir crazy being inside and even in the winters here I get a little long. You know, I like to go ski and you know uh, just being outside is really more uh, conducive to my personality i guess yeah yeah that's it's interesting too seeing you up on stage rocking it hard and then pulling up in your driveway and you're cruising around in your your tractor your kubota that, uh, that's probably one of my happiest places is yeah. riding around on the kubota <laughs> <laughs> uh you mentioned fishing and this is interesting that you mentioned this you just received an emmy <laughs> award uh for uh new england for a fishing show with charlie moore called uh, charlie moore outdoors that's cool. Yeah, that was uh, kind of an unexpected thing. Uh, I never thought, you know, when we sh- shot the episode that, you know, he, well, Charlie Moore actually had predicted it, that he's like, you know, we're editing this thing, you know, and it's coming out so amazing. He's like, I wouldn't be surprised if we get nominated or even won an Emmy. And I'm like, yeah, right. Yeah, whatever. And then he calls me. He's like, you're not going to believe this. We got nominated. Wow. And can you come to the show or do you want to go to the, the awards show? Um so, you know, of course, I'm sitting out there in the audience, and uh, and sure enough, the show wins. Um, wow. And so he, he already ordered me a statue. I don't have it in my hand, but I know it came in. But that was pretty exciting and unexpected because, you know, some people on television go for, you know, they, their whole career without ever winning an award like that. So it was uh, kind of a blessing, uh, stroke of luck or whatever you want to call it. But it was a fun show. You can catch it on uh, Charlie Moore Outdoors. He has an app, too. Uh, I believe it's called, like, No Offense. Charlie Moore's No Offense. If you scroll through it, you'll see the episode with uh, Pat Badger from Extreme. It was yeah. fun. Yeah, it looked like it was fun to make. Well, besides the fishing part, because that's just, you know, really an mm. excuse to have a conversation or an interview, uh, we also went to Ernie Bach, who's a great friend of ours. He has an amazing collection of... Uh, he's a big car guy, if you don't know who, who he is uh, outside of New England. But he has uh, an amazing collection of, uh, you know, any any kind of sports car. And obviously, like, Rolls-Royce, Ferraris, Bentleys, uh, Lamborghinis, whatever. He is. So we went into his private collection where he, he houses all these. And uh, we did some of the episode there, if you haven't seen it. And uh, so we, we jammed. I got Gary involved, Joe Pesia from my Eagles band, Dana from my Eagles band. Ernie jumped on guitar, and we, we just jammed some uh, that classic uh, cover, uh, Train Kept a Rolling by, well, most notably by Aerosmith. Uh, we did kind of that version. Uh, Gary sang, and, and we had a blast. So that's all part of the episode, and I think what made it so uh, cool, you know, yeah. the show was entertaining. Yeah, that's fun because you're used to doing the music thing and then all of a sudden you're thrown into the, the TV thing. Now you're oh, yeah, yeah. And again, it was just really like an interview. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think because it was, you know, in the setting and we had some fun stuff to talk about, um, that's what, uh, you know, made people vote for it. For Yeah, for yeah it was a great win. show. It was it was great. And I enjoyed watching the whole thing transpire. It was, it was pretty cool. Um, what else... Uh, you have going on is pat badger so uh 
Jeez, I think we kind of covered most everything. I mean, you know, family life, farm, kids, uh, touring with Extreme, yeah. doing my Dark Desert Eagles. I'm a very lucky man. I'm a, I'm a blessed guy. You are a blessed guy, for sure. Uh, get to see, still see all my true friends, uh, all our old Winchester friends, and I got, you know, uh, I, I'm just very, very blessed with friends, so, yeah. so I'm a very lucky yeah, guy. And you're healthy, you're happy, and everything is good. Uh, you can also go to Cameo. This is a new thing that Pat's doing. Is you can go on Cameo, and for short money, you can have Pat give you a personal shout-out, birthdays, anniversaries, anything, and he'll send it to you. He's really got some cool ones. So check him out on Cameo. That's always fun. Yeah, yeah you like sure. doing those. I like doing them because uh, everyone always writes back and gives me a comment after or a rating. And they're like, oh, my God, this was so fun. We're smiling ear to ear. And it's really, you know, a, a lot of the money from it, I, I just donate to this horse rescue. You know, and it's it's fun just kind of, you know, beer money or whatever. But it, it, it like, makes people's days. And that, yeah. I think that's the part that, that's the most rewarding thing yeah. about it, you know. Yeah. Uh, it's fun. That's great. It's interesting that you said about donating to the horse rescue because a lot of our guests all do something for some kind of charity. If it's Make-A-Wish... The horse rescue, uh, all kinds of things. So it's really yeah. nice that because of your success, and that tells you what kind of person you are, because of your success, you feel grateful for everything that you've been given, and you are honored, and you feel good about giving back. Of course, yeah. I mean, it's a it's a no-lose situation. It makes people feel good that get the cameo. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a shout-out, or like you said, it's a happy birthday, or, uh, you know, pick-me-up, or whatever, and... Um, you know, then then it helps uh, with our local uh, equine rescue place. Uh, it helps animals like my donkey, Maggie, you know. Yeah, I love Maggie. Maggie's the best. So since you're in a giving mood, I can't wait. You can buy me lunch and a couple of beers. Let's do I it. I mean, that will be, that yeah. will be fun. Uh, I just want to know before we tidy up, your new album, It's this is like asking you who your favorite child is. You don't have this problem because you have one child, but do you have a favorite song in the new album? Well... I can't say I have... Well, one of the ones that I'm kind of proud of or, or is one that I co-wrote on the record. So, of course, that one kind of stands out to me. There's a song called Banshee.
great song. that uh, that I had come up with. You know, or Nuno and I came up with the main riffs of it. Um, and then I had the idea for the title and the theme of the song, and uh, I presented it to Gary, and he loved the idea, so uh, he he kind of took the ball and ran with it. But for me, I'm kind of proud of that, or having yeah. you know that that. Uh, uh, and, and it was a single and a video and all that stuff. So I, I kind of partial to that one. And we'll be playing it live, too. So. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. We're looking forward to that. What was the inspiration, and how did you come up with the title for that? You know, it's a word that I kind of had seen, and, um, you know, it's like a, a kind of a fictional character of a woman, um, but it's like this femme fatale kind of uh, thing, you know, where... Uh, you, you could look it up in dictionary or urban dictionary and stuff. And as silly as it is, I saw the word on a wine bottle called Banshee. Interesting. And I kind of looked it up, and then I'm like, Gary, this is, might be kind of a cool idea for, uh, you know, for a song. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, it came to fruition, and it's, it's a pretty cool track. Awesome. So we don't want to take up all your time. We know it's valuable. Um, you're getting ready for your tour. We wish you the best of luck on that. I hope to uh, catch you somewhere on the road. Maybe uh, sure we'll, a couple we'll, like few old nights. Times. Just yeah. like old times. Yeah. So, uh, again, we are in studio with Pat Badger. You are listening to Musicians and Beyond with Sarabian and Lawhorn, or Lawhorn and Sarabian. However Where is you want Lawhorn? Lawhorn had another engagement today. So, we do miss you, Mark. We have a chair here for you and everything. And we will have a bear in your honor. And, uh, Pat. Again, thank you, and I can Thanks, say this Bill. from my heart. We end every show by telling the people that it was nice to meet them, and we gained a new friend. But you're an old friend, and I just want to thank you for being a friend. Oh, of course, but Thank you thank for you. being such a let's, good friend. Let's go and grab a beer. A lot of, let's do it. Let's go grab a beer. See you, everybody. Bye.